1: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by Hemisphere Coffee Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at Hemisphere Coffee Get out and vote today. Vote for these candidates in your local school board elections. Olin Tanji. Foyt and Castle, F-E-U-C-H-T, Foyt and Castle. Upper Arlington, and by the way, we had the Upper Arlington mom whose daughter spoke to the school board on October the 12th about the horrendous condition of the transgender-friendly bathrooms. Uh, The mom was on Nightmare Scenario. UA, get your arms around that. Get your Superintendent Paul Imhoff under control by voting for Easton and Souter. Hilliard, vote for Chafee, Vorst, Murdoch, Jonathan Alder vote for Detweiler, and Walker. Who am I leaving out? Did I do Dublin, Rigby, and Stryker? Okay. So, uh, one of, as I've said, the underpinnings of this um, ship reeling off course in our schools is this idea in the aftermath of George Floyd, that police are bad, America's bad, everything is racist, the whole critical race theory concept, that if there's an inequity in society, that it has to be caused by racism. That's the underpinnings of CRT, that there are inequities in society, I'm with you so far, And they're always the result or to be blamed upon racist ideas, racist laws, racist values, racist anything. If you think I'm overstating that, this is the definition of racism by the self-labeled anti-racist. His book is How to Be an Anti-Racist, Ibram X. Kendi. His real name is Henry Rogers, but Ibrahim X Kendi asked to define racism. Defines it. So after he defines it, you tell me if you know what it is. You talked about the importance of defining racism, but I, but I, unless I missed it, which is possible, I don't. I didn't hear your personal definition. Is there is there one that you would offer
2: us? Like, how do you define racism? Sure. So racism, I would define it um, as a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas. (laughs) Sure, a a collection uh, of racist policies that lead to racial inequity that are substantiated by racist ideas.
1: Now, the laughter is interesting. Because the laughter is uncomfortable. And the laughter is uncomfortable because the definition is nonsensical. You cannot define something by the something you're defining. Racism is a collection of racist policies that lead to racial inequities that are substantiated by racist ideas. So, what would be a cool policy? Well, a cool policy would be a collection of... What would what would being cool be, rather? Well, you would need to enact uh, a collection of cool policies that would lead to cool inequities, which would be substantiated by cool ideas. <laughs> How ridiculous is this? He is... Such a hipster doofus with such an open mind that his brain has fallen out. And he sits up there on the podium pontificating to his loyal subjects in academia, saying ridiculous things, and they know it's ridiculous, and yet... All they dare do, because if they would mock that, they would be, what, kids? Yes, racist. Because you don't dare tell Dr. Ibram X. Kendi that he's an idiot. Because this is a grift. He's not literally reaching into your pocket and stealing your wallet on the bus, train, or airplane. But he figuratively is because he goes around the country spouting this nonsense and no one calls him on it. Or wait, do they? Yes. This past weekend, Ibram X. Kendi, on brand, everything is racist. Racist policies, ladies by, laid to racial inequities that are substantiated by racist ideas. So everything is racist. Everything is racist. And Ibram X. Kendi retweeted a column from The Hill, which said this. More than a third of white students lied about their race on college applications. And half of these applicants Lied about being Native American. More than three-fourths of these students who lied about their race were accepted. That's what he typed into his Twitter. Ibram X. Kendi, Mr. Everything is Racist. So he types this in to show that white students, more than a third of them, lied about their race. They said they were black they weren't black, they're white. And, well, some of them are claiming to be Native American. They're on the um, Elizabeth Warren plan. They're one one thousandth of a scintilla Pocahontas. And he says seventy for, 75% of the 33% who lied about their ethnicity were accepted to college. Now, As if right out of the Bible, like Joseph's brothers, he intended it for evil, but God intended it for good because this was roundly retweeted and pointed out to Ibram X. Kendi, super smartest man who ever lived, that if white students were lying about their whiteness and gaining from lying about their whiteness, increasing their chances of being accepted to college, which he noted they were, then being black or being Native American must not be a disadvantage. It must be an advantage. And if it is an advantage, according to the very fingertips and keystrokes of Ibram X. Kendi, wouldn't that, Completely obliterate everything he contends in his book and he lectures people about from the podium. Yes, it would. And it does. Because the whole racial justice, white supremacy, permeating ideology, of course there are wackos out there who believe it and adhere to it, but the permeating ideology that it infuses and affects all things is a house of Jenga blocks teetering on one block waiting to be pulled out from the bottom. And Ibram X. Kendi, congratulations, you are the one who pulled the last block out by admitting your own grift is a fraud. So once apprised of this by people on Twitter, what did Ibram X. Kendi do? Of course, he claimed that calling him out for being a fraud was, seeing if you're paying attention, yes, racist. (laughs) And he very maturely blocked everyone who was calling him out on it. They used to say that all politics are local. In some respects now, all politics are national. Because what permeates our news nationally and has ever since Barack Obama was president, race. Do we ever talk about race much? Was it was it, was race a big deal during the Bush years, senior, junior, eh, Clinton years? Was race a huge deal like it is now? No. Why have we gone backwards? Because Barack Obama saw a way to keep his critics at arm's length. You're not disagreeing with me because my positions are. In dispute, you're disagreeing with me because I'm black, and you can't disagree with me because I'm black, or that would make you, what, a racist? And so I can just shut you up, not by arguing you under the table, not by pointing out the lunacy of your positions. I can just shout you under the table and shut you down and shut you off by just labeling you. I mean, I don't have to be right, because the label is so incredibly vile, too Why does it work? Why does it work? The label of racist. Because no white person wants to be called that. And what does that tell you? That if they didn't care. They would be racist. But the fact that they do care. Proves they are not racist. Because we generally do not want to attract labels. That do not genuinely apply to us. So if you think it out. Reason it out, look at it, you can tell it doesn't fit, doesn't apply. The very people hurling this charge, Corey Bush, Ibram X. Kendi, Don Lemon, Joy Reid, on and on and on, are all black and all profiting to a ridiculous degree over a vile, despicable lie applied to the majority of white culture and the majority of America. And the way to repudiate it is to start, because it's a national endeavor that has creeped down into our local politics, the way to eradicate it is to do it first and foremost locally. In school board elections, in city council elections, on and on and on. That's the only way to repudiate it. Again, I'll say, not with violence, with arguments. Because if you're arguing against it, you're arguing on the side of truth. Final segment, Bruce Hooley Show. Dennis Prager, top of the hour. So we have some uh, national pundits, Aaron, weighing in on whether Joe Biden fell asleep at the Paris, not the Paris, the uh, Glasgow Climate Summit. By the way, he took 13 cabinet members over there and security, and they had an 85-car motorcade for Joe Biden. 85 cars. That seems like a big carbon crater to me, not just a footprint on the part of Joe Biden. And he was seen nodding his head, closing his eyes during a climate speech, and I counted on the video from the 12-second mark to the 32-second mark before an aide came over and rousted him to open his eyes. He appeared to me to be asleep. Aaron, you said not asleep. Well, now you're throwing in head nodding. Well, uh, I don't know that he – I'll just say he, he – I don't I don't want to say he nodded his head. He sat there and his eyes shut, then they opened. Was there an, a discernible movement of his head? Do you see discernible movement of his head? No. Okay. So you think he's just resting the inner portion of his eyelids? (laughs) Would you like to know what uh, Donald Trump had to say? He said, Biden went to Europe saying global warming is his highest priority and then promptly fell asleep for all the world to see at the conference itself. Nobody that has true enthusiasm and belief in a subject will ever fall asleep. Now, is that an accurate statement? Nobody who has true enthusiasm and belief in a subject will ever fall asleep. I disagree with the former president on that. I have true enthusiasm and belief in the subjects at church, and I occasionally have fallen asleep in the pew. Do you want to confess anything right now, or are you staying silent purposely? No, I don't think I've ever (laughs) fallen asleep in public. (laughs) Okay, good for you. Wow, you have very interesting pastors. I do now. Uh, The face of a man who said climate change was the number one issue facing humanity. That was a tweet from Republican Congressman Mark Green. Ben Shapiro said, Greta is disappointed in you. Yes, that would be Greta Thunberg, the teenage climate activist. Ah, there's a whole spate of reactions here. Uh, From NBC News, Kelly O'Donnell. This is your best case scenario if it's coming from an NBC News person. He was seen on camera with his eyes closed. (laughs) It appears that perhaps he was dozing. In these settings, cameras are all around. The camera caught President Biden, who turned 79 later this month, with his eyes closed for a period of time. And you're right. These can be embarrassing situations. Do you feel like that was an argument between the evil devil on Kelly O'Donnell's left shoulder and the angelic Biden-loving Kelly O'Donnell on her right shoulder? He was seen on camera with his eyes closed. It appears he was perhaps dozing. In these settings, cameras are all around. The camera caught President Biden, who turned 79 later this month, with his eyes closed for a period of time. And you're right, these can be embarrassing situations. Yes, they can be. Yes, they can be. Folks, let's close the show today with a refresher course in why you should vote for Lisa Chafee, Zach Vorst, and Ruth Murdoch in Hilliard. School board, Peggy Hale. Peggy Hale for Hilliard City Council, okay? I do not live there, but I know these people, they're good people. I've advocated with friends of mine who live there to vote for them. And Lisa Chafee joined us yesterday, and she made, like all the other local school board candidates who visited with us, Jen Foyt, Nolan Tangy, Diana Rigby in Dublin, Liz Easton in Upper Arlington, she made the case... I told you, I had a friend call and go, you know, I heard Jennifer Foyt on your show talking about running for Old Tansy School Board. And he said, I expected, you know, critical race theory this and social emotional learning that. He said, she's really smart about education and about what kids need and all that. I said, yeah, she really is. All the candidates I support are. And Lisa Chafee is no different. Listen why she was motivated to run for Hilliard School Board. Well, the
2: biggest thing is the academic performance. In 2012, our state ranking, and I hate that we have to use the test scores as a metric, but that's the tool that we have right now. In 2012, Hilliard was 111 in the state. As of 2019, we dropped to 326. Wow. So our kids are not getting the academic excellence they deserve. And we want to make sure that our children are being taught how to think, not what to think, being taught uh, in a manner that will prepare them to compete on the world stage when they graduate. So that's the number one issue for us, is the academic performance. The second issue is the lack of communication between the school board and the parents. And we want to make sure that we have open, honest dialogue, are completely transparent, and we will be doing things, if we're elected, such as monthly town halls with all the parents, because it has to be a team effort between the board, the administration, the teachers, and most importantly, the parents, so that our kids are getting the best.
1: You notice she doesn't sound crazy. She doesn't sound hateful. She doesn't sound bigoted. She doesn't sound intolerant. She sounds like she cares, and you have to care. To take the criticism that she's taken, that Zach Vorst has taken, that Ruth Murdoch has taken. Those are your Hilliard candidates, along with on city council Peggy Hale. In Jonathan Alder, Detweiler and Walker for school board. In Upper Arlington, Easton and Souter. In Dublin, Rigby and Stryker. In Olin Tangy, Foyt and Castle. You got a choice. You can make a difference. Joe Manchin is being painted as a crazy person because he won't go along with rampant spending and all the other things. You, locally, are being painted as a crazy person. You won't go along with woke ideology and teachers delving into areas like politics and sexual identity. You're not the crazy one. You're the sane one.